Hey everyone, welcome to Ted and Michael Read Sketches into Microphones. I'm Michael Paul Smith. I am Ted O'Gorman. And Ted is not feeling super well today, but he made it out like a trooper for the recording. I'm going to buckle in, Mike. Yeah. And so if Ted sounds unenthusiastic, that's not just his normal Ted persona. It's actually the sickness ravaging The bronchitis ravaging my lungs. Yeah. So thanks for being here anyway, buddy. No problem. Thanks for sitting at a considerable Just, uh, distance. Just lice all this mic when I'm done breathing into it, Ooh, would you? you know I will. If anyone out there knows me, you know that I will be doing exactly that. <laughs> there it is. <coughs> not planned, not scripted. Enjoy episode 11, you guys. And now we present Andre the Giant standing in the middle of a ball pit at Chuck E. Cheese. Please. Someone help me. The children are playing around me. I worry if I take a step, I will crush one. Well, at least one. Maybe more. Please, empty this pit of balls so I can escape. I just woke up here. I'm trapped. These aren't even my clothes. They are so tiny. If I fall, that is the end of your children. They'll burst like grapes when I land. Why do you not hear me? Your children are in danger. Please, let me out. If not for me, do it for them. He must be one of those pederast giants. Well, he's lucky my husband isn't here. Bob would kick his ass. You know we played football in high school. What is he even doing here? Who invited him? I I don't know. Why are you talking about me like I cannot hear you? I can hear you. This is offensive. Is he actually talking to us right now? Oh my god. Oh my god. Move okay. slowly, that yeah, way he no, can't seriously. see you. Oh my god, okay, let's go, let's go, have we to have to go. I'm from Grenoble, France! Did you hear his voice? I heard it, I'm oh just my god. I have to go Why does now. he even speak? Can you at least throw me some pizza? I don't know, we have to go now. Beaches, swim-up bars, five-star restaurants, spa, live music, day and night. However, your wife will cry the entire time. Because our resort will trigger some sort of deep-seated secret from her past. That's right, your wife is somehow allergic to the most basic vacation activities. Lounge in your personal cabana while handing your wife cocktails in a vain attempt to calm her down while wondering, why didn't she tell me? We could have gone anywhere. Indulge in all-inclusive liquor while you decompress in your suite's very own jacuzzi while thinking, seriously, what happened to her? Was she almost murdered on a beautiful beach in paradise before I met her? Take a complimentary ride on one of our catamarans and feel free to ask our certified guides if they think it's possible that your wife could have been the perpetrator of the paradise killings, which you're now calling them to yourself, instead of the victim. Dance the night away in our reggae lounge after dinner while gazing into your wife's watery eyes and daring to think, is it me? Am I next? Are those the tears of someone compelled by some irrepressible force to murder again? And enjoy a couple's massage in our spa while you squint towards the lady you thought you knew and whisper, just loud enough to cut through the new age music, 
but soft enough so that our top-notch massage therapist can't quite place what you're saying. Are you going to kill me? And soak in the lavender and eucalyptus aromatherapy as her frown turns into a smile for the first time all week as she answers. Yes. Sandals Paradise, just for you and the skilled homicidal maniac you've shared a home with for years and who you're now hoping against hope is just a traumatized good sport after all. Have a seat, Daryl. I'm Special Agent Thompson. Nice to meet you. Hi, Special Agent Thompson. It's nice to meet you. You know, you can leave anytime you want. Um, we just really appreciate you being here to talk to us. These chairs are comfy. Um, thank you for meeting with us so soon. You have a very unique story. Very unique case here. You claim to have been abducted by aliens. Is that true? True? I just got back. Will you take a polygraph to that effect? I will. Can I get something to eat first? They didn't offer me anything up there. Of course. Daryl, forgive me. I'm sure you've been through a terrible ordeal. Even a Danish would be just amazing right now. Look around, Daryl. I'm sorry to tell you we don't have any Danishes here. You're in a you're in a steel room. You're lucky we have furniture. But I will but I will tell you that you'll be able to go home soon. Mm. We just need to verify that. Maybe we, a biscuit. We just need to verify that what you told the agents at the scene is accurate seems you were a little hysterical and maybe didn't know what you were saying, so I'm just going to ask you the same questions. Okay. Daryl, is it true that on Tuesday the 5th of July of this year, you were abducted by extraterrestrials and taken aboard an alien spacecraft? Yes. And approximately how long were you on board the ship? I can't say for certain. When I was returned, I was in kind of a trance. I think I was back by the 7th? And do you remember how you were brought aboard the spacecraft? There was a beam of blue light. It was magnificent. It cradled me, and I felt so safe, almost like being in a womb. Do you remember any sounds you might have heard while being brought aboard? Any loud screeching? A dull hum? Perhaps a loud motor? No, it wasn't so much that. It was more... Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. And, baby, I seem a bit confused. But I got you paid. hold on. And I don't know Darryl, what to do with these can, tossed salads and scrambled can you just, eggs. Can you, can you do me a favor and, and just not be a dick? Good night, everybody. Mercy. You see, that's the theme to Frasier. Frasier was a TV show that aired on NBC from 1993 to 2004. It featured lead actor Kelsey Grammer in the title I know role. Who, I know who, this yeah. was a continuation of the same character he portrayed on Cheers. Thank a you for spin-off, that, spin-off, if you will. Yes, I understand. And man, do, do these aliens just love Frasier. Okay, we'll get back to the aliens' affinity for Frasier in a minute. For, for now, we'll just keep Frasier at arm's length, okay? Of course. Take another call, if you will. Did the creatures take you to an exam room? Could they read your thoughts? Were they able to communicate? Are you sure you want me to talk about this? Daryl, we want nothing from you but the truth. It was a replica of the set of the TV show Frasier. Oh my god. I mean, they didn't forget a single detail. The African sculptures mixed with modern decor, the gray fireplace, the telescope, and of course, the grand piano. Oh boy, it was something. I mean, really something. Again, Daryl, I need you to please... 
put the references to the TV show Frasier out of your mind for a minute. Let's just chalk this whole Frasier thing up to maybe being a coping mechanism for you because you just went through a very traumatic experience. Now, without mentioning Frasier, when did you first recognize that you were being held by aliens? Without mentioning the F word, it was when I came to in Marty Crane's chair. And who is Marty Crane? You're going to get mad. No, I'm not. He's Frazier's dad who comes to live with Frazier in the pilot episode of the eponymously named series. He brings his recliner, which is hilariously held together with duct tape, to Frazier's apartment. It's used as a physical manifestation for the personality differences between Frazier and Marty Crane, his father on the TV show Frazier. Sir, you just broke your pencil with your hand. Yes. Yes, I did, Daryl. I'm feeling a little frustrated at the moment. Frazier would say you're coping. What did the aliens look like, Daryl? They were small gray things with big heads. They had very large eyes. There was virtually no way to tell them apart aside from their clothes. Now we're getting somewhere. We're going to ask you to make some sketches and then we'll have our experts try and discern any meaning behind the clothing. I already drew what they looked like while I was waiting. Here you go. Daryl, this is a drawing of little gray beings with large eyes dressed as the cast of Frasier. Do you know that my division is getting its funding cut year after year after year. You might say they're calling again. Daryl, I'm going to have to ask you to wait here for a few minutes and we're going to get you evaluated by someone with a psychiatric background. This is not me trying to get revenge. We just want to make sure that, uh, you know, that you're okay. Oh my God. Madam Secretary, we've never met. I've only seen you on C-SPAN. I didn't expect that you were coming by. All right, Thompson, calm down. Let's go talk in here. She knows my name. Madam Secretary, if you wanted Danishes, Thompson doesn't have any. What did this guy tell you? His name's Daryl. He claims he's he he claims he was abducted basically onto a, a perfect replica of the TV show Frasier. <gasps> I'm sorry to say this, Madam Secretary, but you you came a long way for no reason. He's a nut. We got to cut him loose soon, I think. Oh my God! Unless you want to, you know, Thompson, lock him up. Thompson, you're about to enter the inner circle. Trust me. I wish it was anyone else but you. But here we are. We gotta do this. Just come with me. It's happening. Just, can you just I, relax? I'm getting a, a higher security clearance? Maybe not. We'll see. Do you need to scan my retina? Can you please? Sorry. Nice to meet you, Daryl. Let's talk about Daphne. Daphne? Who is Daphne? She was a character on the TV show. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe. But I got you pegged. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. What is a boy to do? Frazier has left the building. Twenty nineteen marks the fiftieth anniversary of the first moon landing. After years of preparation and training, Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the lunar surface. The date was july twentieth, nineteen sixty nine. 
Astronauts Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, and Michael Collins became instant national heroes, living embodiments of the resilience of the human spirit and a reminder that mankind will strive to reach new heights and meet our goals. While most are familiar with Armstrong's famous line that accompanied the first human step on the moon, newly discovered audio reveals a slightly less reflective tone as the astronauts were on the first leg of their journey. On this episode of Frontline, we can hear some of their private communications for the first time. This recording has never been made public before. Columbia, can you go ahead and give us a read on your CO2 monitor? Houston, we're having an issue up here. Aldrin keeps using my moisturizer. I'm ready to turn this thing around right fucking now, I swear. Houston, Neil is being a baby. I took like a dollop of lotion. He's got a 24-ounce bottle. Over. I'm sorry, Neil. Uh, come back. I'm not sure we copied that correctly. Did you say that Buzz was doing something with the oxidizer? Get the dicks out of your ears, fellas. Buzz keeps using my moisturizer. Moisturizer. That stuff was a gift from my wife, and I don't want him using it. It's got real bits of aloe in it. It's not like I can get more of that stuff on the moon. And when we launched, I had like a quarter of a bottle. You guys know I get space-chapped hands. I'm peeling like an asshole up here. Houston, be advised, I may have to punch Aldrin in the face. Neil, we're having some trouble hearing you. Did you say Buzz was feeling punchy in zero-G? Takes some more time to get used to than others. Over. That's not what I- And we're still waiting on that CO2 reading. Well, hey, fellas. Sounds like there's a ruckus up here in the command module. Collins, I swear to God, I will smash your face in if you don't get back to the limb and make sure that check-down list is complete. If I find one switch out of place, I'll slap your son as hard as I can on his third birthday. Okay, this feels personal. Back to the limb. Now. <laughs> Okie dokie, boys. Neil, we're hearing a bit of commotion down here. We'd like to have you stay on task and keep the mission objectives in mind, okay? Houston, Buzz here. Neil's acting like a real Nancy over his moisturizer. What did you say? Hey, hey, let's clear the air here. Let's all get on the same page. Columbia, still waiting on that CO2. Because if you must know, cards on the table, I didn't even use the moisturizer on my hands. Jesus Christ, that's disgusting, you prick. You have 24 ounces. It's only a quarter of a bottle. Do the math. You're supposed to be an astronaut. Hey there, fellas. Uh, Houston here. Uh, can you repeat that? You heard right, Houston. I didn't use the lotion on my hands. I used it for a space jerk. Hey, fellas. I was just doing the check-down list in the LEM, and I heard some more noise up here. Collins, why don't you do me a personal favor and eat shit and die? I hate you and everything you represent. Fuck off, Collins. There's a reason Buzz and I will land on the moon and you'll just orbit it like an idiot. You're like a college freshman who watches his roommate have sex with his girlfriend. Oh, I didn't say- Buzz just admitted to stealing my hand lotion as a lubricant for getting his moon rocks off. Who knows where he even found the privacy. And I still respect him more than you. If there was a door on this tin can, I'd throw you out of it, shift into reverse, and run you over. Keep in mind, you piece of shit, there are no laws in space. I wouldn't be charged with a crime, and I bet they'd throw me a parade. Your wife would find herself a brand new astronaut in the time it takes to come back from commercial on Laugh-In. Let that swish around in the empty space between your ears. Oh, Neil, you're a real cut-up. I'll give you that. Okay, fellas, back to the old dungeon for me. Christ, I hate that guy. Just the worst. 
Buzz, can I ask you a question? Shoot. You drunk? Yeah, you. Oh, yeah. Wanna go see if we can scare Colin so much that he shits his pants? Deal. Hey, guys, not to put my head in the lion's mouth here, but I'm still waiting 64. on that. 64! Jesus H. Christ, Houston! Our CO2 reading is 60 goddamn son of a bitch in four! When we return, we'll listen to the crew of Apollo 11 rate each other's wives in order of hotness, or what Buzz Aldrin refers to as doability. Alright guys, thank you for listening hey, to Mike, episode Mike, 11. Hey Mike, 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 uh, What? We had a Apollo, an Apollo 11 sketch in our 11th episode. We ended episode 11 with Apollo 11. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I didn't even plan that. I planned nothing. This feels very zen right now. All is right with the world, Mike. Yeah. Let's go to the beach. Top down. Well, Ted, this episode is dedicated to my first car. You knew her very well. Mm-hmm. She's an 89 Jeep Cherokee with 157,000 miles, and Ted called it the Chief, and would greet her before each trip by saying, What's up, Chief? And it rang like a school bell with every turn, but it drove Ted and me from the pool hall to the diner without incident. Wonder where it is now. I doubt she survived. Unless she made it to Cuba. Ted, do you have dedication? Yeah, Mike, I'd like to uh, dedicate this episode to rattlesnakes. The most polite of all venomous snakes. Some snakes will just bite you with no warning and you'll be dead before you can reach a hospital. Not rattlesnakes, no sir. That familiar warns us humans that we're getting too close and you're ready to strike. And if we can't see your well-camouflaged serpentine form, that rattle is all we need to know to get back and rethink our route. Thank you, rattlesnakes. You're a lifesaver. Hmm. Stay tuned for outtakes and for our fancy outro. We have a new episode next Wednesday. It'll be the last episode of our first season, our season finale. And you can hear me sometimes. Oh my God, it's around here somewhere. And you can hear me on my wife or producer, Jillian Pensavalli's podcast, The Hamilcast, from time to time. And you can find her at The Hamilcast. It sounds like that song. They bow wow. Boom, boom, boom. I just woke up in here. I'm trapped. These aren't even my clothes. They're so tiny. And whose daughter is between my toes? This big whale of a man. Seriously, how did he even get in? This is an exclusive ball pit. Your wife will laugh maniacally the entire time. With no explanation. And to no one. Enjoy any of our three-star Michelin-rated restaurants and turn around to find your wife sharpening knives when you say, Honey, this cabana didn't come with a kitchenette. Where did you get those knives? We're going to dinner. When your eyes clap open at two in the morning and she's sharpening knives, wonder, We already had them. Oh, uh, sorry, I thought I had some stuff. Right, let's just move on. <laughs> I like it, I like it. Let's, let's I'm just trying it. to give you creepy stuff to work with like in that, in that voice. <laughs> <laughs> it means that he senses that something's amiss. <laughs> enjoy our enjoy our plush down comforters while when your eyes clap open at two in the morning. Yeah, there, yeah, yes, yes, yeah, that's what that's what it's missing. That's what it's missing. Can you just give me a super bassy yes? Yes.
Yes. <laughs> it's too bassy. That was a ghost. Couldn't yeah. split the uh, difference there. I'm, madam, I'm the Secretary of State. Yeah, and I'm just a lowly agent. Yeah, okay, can just tell me what you heard. It's not that Madam Secretary, if you wanted Danishes, Thompson doesn't have any. He what? And you're the Secretary of Defense. The Secretary of State just deals with other countries. Right. <laughs> I'm starting to wonder if you're an alien <laughs> imposter. Well, she's not dressed as Frasier, Thompson, yeah. so you're in the clear. <laughs> as I suddenly turn into a lizard. A lizard face. Um. Okay, sorry. Just tell me what Should you heard. Should I salute you or... Well, yeah. Try waking up in Marty Crane's chair. It's not as comfortable as it looks like on TV. There was a spring in my bottom. Seriously, Buzz, where did you find the privacy to do that space jerk? I use Colin's helmet. Ugh. <laughs> hey, fellas. Sounds like there's quite the ruckus up here in the Cran module. I like that. I just gotta say, not like a person who's never spoken before. Whoa, Neil, you're a, you're a real cut-up, let me tell you what. All right, boys, back to the LEM for old... What's my name? What is my name in this? That Raquel Welch is... Uh, she's a 10. Yeah. Did I tell you how I woke Collins up earlier? How? He was floating around in his sleep, and I uh, put a plastic bag over his head real tight and squeezed all the air out. So cool. Man, he freaked out like an asshole. There's a new uh, new actress on Laugh-In, Goldie Hawn. Another, I saw her. Another real piece. Not going anywhere, let me tell you that. Mm. Box of rocks upstairs. Ah. I think she's cute as a button. Cute as a button, sure. Yeah. Heard she was up for My Father the Car. Didn't get it, though. No. It was a spinoff of My Mother the Car. So maybe she did get it, but the show didn't go anywhere. Could be. I don't know. Michael Reed Sketches Into Microphones was written by Michael Paul Smith and Ted O'Gorman with some room for improvisation because this is a comedy podcast, you guys. We're not tied to the page. The podcast was produced by me, Jillian Pensavalli, and edited by me and Michael Paul Smith. You can subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts, and we'd really, really appreciate it if you rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews help a lot, and to be honest, you don't want to be on Ted's bad side. Follow the guys on Twitter at Ted and Michael, individually at MPSmithNYC and at Ted O'Gorman, and use the hashtag Ted and Michael on all the things. For love notes and hate mail, use TedandMichael at gmail.com. Visit TedandMichael.com for episodes and full credits, including voiceover actors and music tracks. Thanks again for listening. Stay weird, friends. Mm-hmm.